This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Go to GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O.com. Hello, and welcome to Daily Drive. It's Friday, February 25th, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. Stellantis was a new company last year, but some things stay the same. Ram and Jeep deliver the profits. We'll get into the numbers a little later in the show. First, let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. We'll begin with a major acquisition in the used vehicle space. Carvana says it plans to buy the Odessa U.S. physical wholesale auction business from Car Global for $2.2 billion in cash. The transaction will include all auction sales operations and staff at Odessa's 56 vehicle location centers in the U.S. It also includes exclusive use of the Odessa.com marketplace in the U.S., Carvana says it will continue to operate the wholesale auction business under the Odessa brand name. Carvana CEO Ernie Garcia says the transaction substantially improves the span of the company's logistics network and eventually will slash shipping times to customers. On the other side, car CEO Peter Kelly said the transaction allows his company to focus on being the, quote, premier digital marketplace provider for wholesale used vehicles. The deal is expected to close in the second quarter. U.S. auto safety regulators have launched an investigation into more than 1.7 million Honda vehicles. That for unintended automatic emergency braking. The probe covers the 2018 and 2019 Honda Accord midsize sedans and 2017 to 2019 Honda CRV compact crossovers. NHTSA says it has received 278 complaints of sudden braking with nothing obstructing the vehicle's path. Six of those allege a collision occurred with minor injuries. In a statement, Honda says it is cooperating with the investigation and is committed to safety. Leveling up in automated driving, Mercedes-Benz is looking to bring its Level 3 automated driving system to the U.S. this year. The move comes after the luxury automaker won approval for the technology in Germany last year. CEO Ola Klinius says Mercedes has been conducting tests in the U.S. and talking with authorities. Level 3 autonomous driving means that the driver can hand over control of the vehicle but must be ready to take over when prompted. Mercedes says its drive pilot technology allows drivers to take their hands off the wheel and engage in secondary activities such as watching movies, sending emails, or communicating with colleagues. And leveling up yet again, Motional and ride services company Via said they have launched a robo-taxi service in Las Vegas. Via is using vehicles outfitted with Motional autonomous driving systems to offer free rides between several locations in downtown Las Vegas. Emotional is a joint venture of Hyundai and supplier Aptiv. And in personnel news, Shilpan Amin has been tapped to become the next president of General Motors International. He currently serves as GM's vice president of purchasing and supply chain. Amin will replace Steve Kiefer, who is retiring. 
The 58-year-old Kiefer has spent four decades with the automaker and with Delphi, the supplier it used to own. He is going to focus on his Kiefer Foundation. Its mission is to end distracted driving and associated deaths and injuries. The foundation was established in 2016 in honor of Kiefer's son, Mitchell, who was killed by a distracted driver. Both moves are effective April 1st. And that's the news you need to know. Stellantis is making money on trucks, expensive trucks, so it can invest in EVs. How's all that going to work? We'll get into the details after this. Listen to Fred Hayes, service manager at Temecula Valley Buick GMC, and Philip Candido, fixed operations director, talk about their experience with GoMoto in their service drive. Before GoMoto, the backups in the service lane were due to not being able to get to the customer in a, in a timely manner. There's times where menus are passed over where the advisor forgets to tell them, hey, it needs its major service. And now with the GoMoto, customers are presented with a maintenance package every time. The time freed up from not having the customer sitting in front of them every single time they come in. It helps them be more efficient. It helps them focus more on the customer's concern and the, the maintenance and service of the vehicle. Before GoMoto, we would average approximately 130000 in service gross. The kiosk in the service drive doubled the gross profit in the dealership. It's amazing, 100%. Using the GoMoto kiosk makes the dealership more profitable. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency just like Temecula Valley? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O.com. Stellantis has said it plans to invest $35 billion in electric vehicles and software, the company's $15 billion in profits last year, most from non-electric Ram and Jeep vehicles, is going to help pay for that. We'll hear more on the company's future next Tuesday when CEO Carlos Tavares lays out his long-term strategic plan. To ground us in where the company is today, a year after it was formed, I turned to Automotive News staff reporter Vince Bond. Vince Bond, welcome to Daily Drive. Thanks for having me. So you've been covering Stellantis earnings this week. Uh, it's been a little more than a year since uh, you and I talked with Carlos Tavares on the, the day that Stellantis was born. Uh, they had a great year, uh, really phenomenal uh, profits, $15 billion roughly uh, net, net profit. Uh, how, how did Stellantis make so much money? Okay, well, I hate to use a cliche here, but uh, the pickup trucks are pulling the company forward. Mm -hmm. so if you look at <laughs> yeah, so if you look at RAM, I mean the the average transaction price for the the fifteen hundred was fifty one thousand dollars last year, and so that is just absolutely huge. And uh, Slantis is saying that that's that was the top you know in the industry, and then mm -hmm. uh, and then as a company, Stellantis, they're saying in North America that uh, the average transaction price overall was forty seven thousand dollars, and so when you start the Add those together, uh, you see why those profit sharing checks were, were so uh, so bountiful this year. <laughs> yeah, it's been a it's been a good market. They've really leaned in 
on Ram and Jeep in the US. Uh, and, and we've seen that over the years, Ram moving up market, uh, really trying to, uh, I don't want to say copy, but emulate, you know, the success that, that Ford especially has had with some of the high-end F-150s, the King Ranch and the Platinum Editions. Uh, it seems they've just kept moving upscale, offering more technology, nicer interiors, and charging more for them. Yes, yes. And even with a, a really tough fourth quarter, you know, they were down 16%, you know, for Ram. Uh, they still put out a, you know, a, a strong uh, 4% increase, you know, for the year last year. So that was uh, solid, you know, considering the conditions with, the, you know, low inventories and the tough uh, production environment. Well, yeah. And as they've made those trucks so uh, technologically advanced, they probably need a lot more chips. So they're harder to make. But uh, yeah, they still managed to get quite a few of them out the door. So with all uh, yes. those profits, what is uh, Carlos, what is CEO Carlos Tavares uh, planning to do? What's, what, how are they going to deploy all these, uh, all these profits? Well, from the sounds of it, uh, they have a big investment uh, over the next five years when it comes to EVs. Uh, they're planning to invest around $35 billion on EV tech and software. And so I'm assuming that most of that money is going to go in that direction. <laughs> mm hmm it's going to be a, a big, costly investment uh, for the for the company all around. Yes, did, yes. Uh, did they give any any more uh, details on that, or uh, any any new product outlines, or or you know talk about building battery factories or anything like that that some of the other other rivals have? Oh well, one of the big things he laid out yesterday was uh, well, the company they showed us a, a really big chart that shows their EV ambitions over the next couple of years with all the product releases. And uh, they're saying by the end of 2023, uh, they're going to have, I believe, uh, 23 battery electric vehicles on the market. And so that's going to be just a huge, you know, increase compared to what the, the former FCA used to have, you know, when they were just kind of lagging behind the industry. Just cutting into the interview right here to say that Vince told me that he misspoke. Stellantis said it has 19 electric vehicles currently and plans to introduce 13 more through 2023. Okay, let's get back to Vince. That's a, that's a big portfolio and, and nothing like where FCA seemed to be, <laughs> seemed to be going. Did, uh, did Tavares have anything to say about changes to the supplier's terms and conditions? You had had a a really good story about that that got a got a lot of reaction in the supplier community. Oh yeah, he sure did. And so he kind of blended that topic into their EV strategy. And so he is saying that building EVs is going to cost 50% more, you know, per vehicle than it does for a conventional car. And uh, from his view, this is going to be really a, a shared sacrifice for them. And so he's expecting the suppliers to really absorb some of those extra EV costs over the years, just as Slantis will. And if they can't, I mean, the, the only other option is really to pass it on to, on to the consumer. Mm -hmm. And uh, as far as was saying that uh, if they pass on more costs, that will put EVs out of range for the, the middle class. And that's a huge segment of the market there. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is a challenge. Uh, we've talked to experts, you know, who say, you know, the average vehicle uh, needs 
$10,000 or so worth of batteries, give or take a couple of thousand. <laughs> That's uh, a lot more expensive than a, than a regular engine and transmission. I'm, it'll be very interesting to see how the suppliers respond to that, how willing they are to help uh, Stellantis find those cost savings. Uh, yeah, that's a lot to absorb, you know, just in a, in a few years. So it's going to take a lot of, uh, you know, calculations and math to try to get that together. <laughs> yeah, and probably a, a lot of uh, challenging, challenging relationships. Yeah, sure. So as we think, of course, Stellantis is, you know, so much more global, uh, more Europe focused than even Fiat Chrysler was. Uh, but of course, it still has a huge operation, huge operations here in the U.S., especially with Jeep and Ram. Aside from, you know, highlighting their performance in 2021, was there any other news about those brands? Any, any talk about their path forward? As, as far as Jeep, uh, they did break a little news. Um, and so last year, they really didn't say much about the Wrangler 4xe's uh, official sales number. Like I heard from dealers that it was moving, you know, very well, but I never had like a real number to, to go with. And so during the earnings call, they actually told us that uh, the Wrangler 4xe, uh, there were 29,000 uh, units sold in the U.S. last year. And, uh, and they're trying to claim the title of the number one selling uh, PHEV. Um, I can't really confirm that at the moment, but that's what they're saying. And so it looks like the Wrangler 4xe was... Uh, you know, perceived well by consumers and has some potential going forward. Yeah, and now they're trying to build on that with the, the yeah. Grand Cherokee for my Jeep is one of the brands that's really leaning into plug-in hybrids. It feels like a lot of uh, rivals are kind of skipping that step or they're only dabbling in it. Uh, but it's it's really central to Jeep, I think, is it is the point that they they want to be able to offer emission-free driving, but they also want to preserve the longer range that you get by having a gas tank and a gas engine. Yeah, and they, they've really kind of uh, really adopted this, uh, this EV identity too, because they have this new partnership that they launched recently where they're, they're putting in their own EV chargers at certain trails you know, around the country. And so that's really just a huge shift in what we thought Jeep was, you know? <laughs> Mm -hmm. So now they have this EV charging uh, capability at the trails, which is which is uh, pretty cool to see. So uh, you mentioned at the top the uh, those big uh, uh, record-setting uh, profit-sharing checks that went out to the UAW members who work for Stellantis. Uh, did Tavares talk about that at all? He um, he had some some criticism. It sounded like of UAW uh, attendance. Uh, yeah, so uh, labor shortages came up during his conversation yesterday, and uh, he really just hammered home the point that the U.S. is lagging behind other countries. I mean, he made it clear that, you know, <laughs> Mexico, Canada, Europe, they're all way behind the U.S. when it comes to absentees. Did he, he speculate on why that is at all? Does he think that U.S. workers are, are lazy or taking advantage of the well, pandemic. Well, he just we brought up the market conditions and that he understands that. But uh, overall, though, he did say he's working with the, the company and the unions to to try to improve and, and find some ways to to get around this issue. 
Well, uh, certainly a lot of interesting relations, uh, you know, shaking up the supplier terms and conditions, uh, challenging the UAW. Uh, certainly the, the union responded and did not seem, uh, seem very happy about that. Uh, you know, uh, no, they didn't, they didn't like the timing at all, you know, considering that, you know, Slantis had huge profits in North America and uh, the, I guess the hard work and ability of their people is not in question, you know, especially when, when you see those numbers. And so they were disappointed to, to hear those comments from the Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the profit sharing is all, all negotiated ahead of time and it should be a kind of a day of celebration, right? The shared victory. Uh, so I probably uh, felt, a little, felt a little underhanded to the UAW. Yes, that's what it sounded like, yes. All right, Vince, thank you so much. I appreciate all your coverage on Stellantis and taking the time to share it with us on Daily Drive. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. You can get all the news on corporate earnings, long-term strategic plans, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Thanks to Nathan Kadick for editing today's show. Thanks to the ANTV team and web editor Victor Galvan for all their help. And thanks to you for listening and making this show part of your workday routine. Have a good weekend. Until Monday, when we all get back to work.